Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. Let me indulge you in a a love story. It was 1607 that Shahara Jara, the grandson of Akbar the Great, first met his beloved. At the time, he was not yet the fifth emperor of the Mughal Empire. 16-year-old Prince Gaham, was that what he was called then, was going around the palaces looking at all the possibilities. At one of the dances, he met the prince, the princess of Persia, a young 15-year-old woman. Her father was soon to be the prime minister and whose aunt had married um, Kahan's father as well. Although it was love at first sight, the two could not marry right away. Prince Kahan first had to marry his first wife and also had to marry a second wife. But on March the 27th of 1612, Prince Kaham and his beloved, whom he named Mahatma Mahali, they were married. Mahatma Mahali was beautiful and was smart and tender-hearted. The public was adorned by her because she cared for the people. She made diligent lists about all the widows, the orphans, to ensure that they were given food and money. The couple had 14 children. As usual, Mahatma Mahali accompanied Shahajan's side into battle despite being heavily pregnant. On the 16th of June, 631, she gave birth to a healthy baby girl and she was able to give the daughter a beautiful name. So they had their 14th baby, but unfortunately it all seemed well, but the Mahatma was slowly dying after childbirth. The moment Shahar Jahan received word of his wife's condition, he rushed to her side. Early in the morning of June the 17th, one day after the daughter was born, Mahasma Mahal died in her husband's arms. She was buried right away according to Islamic customs and there her body remained and laid and there the Taj Mahal was built. We do crazy things for the people we love, whether building them a Taj Mahal or Romeo and Juliet the love story of the iconic duo who could not be in love, or a parent's love for their child, often saying, I would do anything for you. Even when you're trying to woo someone, you'll buy a really expensive gift that you can't afford. We do crazy things to the people we love. Yet, do you know how hard it is to take the bin out sometimes? Especially when you've done it for the past four times and you see it's there and no one else is doing it. This is an interesting dynamic in a share house where the cleaning roster is often pretty ambiguous. I know this is something that I struggle with especially, but also when I was growing up, I struggled with it as well. If I had an argument with my brother, this was the one thing I could not do for him if he asked me to do it. I could not take the bin out for him. It was difficult, even though I'm supposed to love him, and I do, I just could not take the bin out for him. Because I did not love him in those moments, I could not serve him. Because I did not love him, I could not do the smallest task for him, taking the bin out. Yes, we do crazy things for the people we love, but we struggle to do the smallest of things for the people we don't love, especially those difficult people on our front lines. 
So who are you finding especially difficult right now? Whether you're on your front line and you're thinking of a work colleague, or maybe it is a housemate, a family member, or someone that you come into contact with pretty regularly. Please think of this person. Think of a name and think about where you see them in this coming week. Why are you finding them difficult at this moment? What is your reaction as you start to think about them? Do you begin to get a bit uneasy? What if I said, would you go out and buy them lunch? What's your reaction there? Are you like, oh, no, please, please don't ask me to do that. Look, I'll do anything for my friend, but not this person. And does it slightly come into your thoughts to, I'm better than this person. I can't buy them lunch. That's what I thought when I was with my brother. It was the pride that would stop me from taking the bin out. I'm better than him. I won the argument. I can't take the bin out for him. We struggle to do the smallest things for these people because we know it will require us to be humble and we just can't bring ourselves to do it. The disciples in the Bible didn't want to risk humiliation either. It was just before the Passover festival, before Jesus was about to be crucified, where they all went up to the upper room of this other house. Here in the Gospel of John, these chapters are between 13 and 18, where we come across the farewell discourses, where Jesus is teaching his disciples for the last time. I can imagine them kind of being on edge as they approach the house. Jesus has a ransom price on his head. People are wanting him. There's people with pitchforks and axes out the front waiting to find this Jesus. The Jews are probably already starting to um, increase the heat on Jesus and his followers. So they're all hiding in this upper room. But the host seems to have prepared a meal for them, which would have been lamb, bread and wine. And I can imagine the disciples just taking a break, being merry for a moment, completely oblivious of what is to come. But sitting still, knowing what is to come, Christ would have looked at them and anticipated that he wouldn't see them for a while. Have you ever had that moment where you're just sitting in anticipation? whether you're at the hospital waiting for surgery or in the movies where you see the soldiers before they go into a battle, there's this scene that's always sombre. They're always looking at each other. No words are spoken. And they're just remembering how good their life is and the love that they have for each other. I imagine this is what Christ is feeling in this moment. He is sombre and he is looking across the table at his brothers and his friends and thinking, wow, I really, really do love all these people. Yet the disciples are probably still blissfully unaware. It is likely the only thought in their mind is, oh no, we got here in a rush. We didn't arrange anyone to clean our feet. That was the thought of every disciple. Everyone was thinking it, but no one was saying it. Oh, no, surely Thomas will wash our feet. No, Peter? No, Peter wouldn't. Maybe Mary? Oh, would Thomas wash our feet? No, 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 we can't do it. We can't wash each other's feet. This was such a, a, 
a small task that they found so difficult because this was a task reserved for slaves. To wash someone's feet was humiliating. If you weren't a slave, you wouldn't do it. So there's Jesus again, sitting there, knowing that they're thinking this. Then we read the scripture. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come to God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he wrapped around him. You know, in that moment when you're anticipating the worst, there's that feeling that you'd do anything for the people you love. Jesus, knowing what was before him, he did not think washing their feet was the lowliest task, but rather he was compelled out of his love for them to serve them in this way. He was willing to risk the humiliation. Because he loved them, Jesus washed the feet of every disciple. He was even willing to wash the feet of Judas Iscariot. If you think of that person you thought of earlier, Jesus was willing to wash the feet of Judas Iscariot, the one who he knew was going to betray him. He was sure of his knowledge of the Father, his loving ways, and he was able to know what the Father would do. Because he was a son of God, he knew the love of his Father that he had for him, and he was compelled to love the others no matter what the cost was because he knew he was secure in the love of the Father. So imagine you are sitting there the room is quiet. Everyone is shocked and looking on. How could their rabbi, how could Jesus, the son of God that they were believing him to be, how could this man willingly wash their feet? Jesus comes to you. You're next in line at the table. He sits before you. He sits at your feet. What's your instant reaction? Do you, do you, are you weeping and overcome by grace? Or are you hesitant like Peter? He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. Why are we so hesitant what stops us? What stops us from receiving Christ washing our feet? Is it our pride? Our self-sufficiency? Our sin? Jesus answered, "Unless I wash you, unless I wash your feet, 
You have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. Because Jesus loves you, let him wash your feet. He will forgive us of our cold hearts towards difficult people. Jesus could turn away at us, but he doesn't. Jesus has no reason to invite us out for lunch, but he does. Because he loves you, let Jesus wash your feet. Why? So that he can be a part of us and we can be a part of him. By him washing our feet, he, he shows us the intimacy of his relationship with the Father. The security of knowing that we are a part of him and a part of his family and that we are his children. There is no risk of humiliation when we humble ourselves before Jesus. When we humble ourselves before Jesus, it means we find security in his love for us. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is who I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. When we humbly allow Jesus to love us, as you read earlier from 1 Corinthians 13, when we accept his love for us and our identity as his children, when we humbly allow Jesus to administer to us, we find security and the ability to deal with people humbly, even the difficult people on our front lines. This artist, um, who the images are from, um, Sultan Gold Collection, it went viral a few months ago on Instagram. It's called a foot washing series. And here recently, this is her recent artwork of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. This is the comment that she had to these artworks. It has taken me a long time to draw this set because originally I didn't, it didn't seem serious enough to add to the foot washing series. But when you get past the fact that these two celebrities in a crazy public battle, you, you start to see that they're two people in a crazy public battle as a result of brokenness. Somewhere undeniably entangled is physical abuse, mental health struggles, substance abuse, defamation, and the crushing disappointment of a failed marriage. These two have children. These two want desperately to be loved as much as we do. These two have gifts to offer the world, and wouldn't it just be beautiful if, as humans, and especially as Christians, when these two laid open about their brokenness for the world to see, we prayed for them, 
We love them instead of exploiting them in their vulnerability. She continues, I guess I realised I needed to see Amber and Johnny on the seat in front of Jesus, after all, for her own heart. Someone said to me, the thing I love about the foot washing series is that it reminds us that everyone is a person. It brings humanity back into these people. So that's what I'm hoping by drawing these two, that we remember Amber and Johnny are real people. Regardless of who a victim is or who a perpetrator, they both need Jesus equally, just as desperately as the rest of us. So this begs the question, in our workplace, are our deeds an act of washing each other's feet? If they are not, we don't know the love of Christ in those moments. We don't know our security in him. And we don't know the love that has changed us as he washes our feet. Are our deeds in the workplace washing of others' feet? Now that we have seen Christ's example, we will be blessed if we do likewise. That the servant king, when we remain in him and do what he does, we will have his heart. It is knowing Jesus and who he is that enables us to wash each other's feet. We need to pray that Christ would rebirth his heart in us the heart that he has in the upper room for his disciples, that heart that is compelled to do whatever is possible for the people that we love, a love that is willing to be humbled to love another, and a heart that is so radical and would wash the feet of the people that we find difficult. So think of that difficult person that you thought of right at the start, You will be blessed if you wash their feet. Now, I don't know what this means, but you will be blessed if you wash their feet. I don't know what will happen that will make us blessed, but I think it is worth a try. To live a life following the example of Jesus, we'll be blessed if we wash each other's feet. Let's pray with the prayer that the Frontline series has provided. Thank you, Father God, for your amazing grace expressed to us in Jesus Christ. May we increasingly know the breadth and depth of your love for us as your spirit roots this truth in us through our daily lives. As we are scattered this week, we pray that you will shape us into the likeness of Christ. For we are your handiwork, created to bring your joy and to be your people in the world. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing intergenerational and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.